0: Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Cannon from Police Off the Cup, and this is Episode Three of Real Crime Stories. And today I have a real special guest. Her name is Sandy Rabino, and she's a retired first-grade detective from Manhattan Special Victims. And she came on the job in 1983. She retired in 2002. She's from a police family. Her husband was a 32-year veteran, retired as a lieutenant. And she's got, I believe, a son son-in-law and a daughter on the police department now. So you can't have more of a police family than that. I was a, a sergeant for uh, 22 years out of my 27 years. and 16 of it I was in the detective bureau. So I had the occasion of uh, interacting a lot with uh, Manhattan Special Victims. And I was always amazed on how professional they were and how talented they were as investigators and dealing with the horrendous, heinous things they saw all the time. And there's two arms to special victims. One is sex crimes and one is child abuse. And Sandy uh, happened to be in the uh, child abuse team. And she's gonna tell us a story today about one of her cases. And well uh, enough, Sandy, and welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. Great, uh,
0: well, I'm so I, happy to be here. To, it's my privilege to have you.
1: Thank you. Well, what I'm gonna tell you, um, happened about 20 20 years ago. I've been retired since 2005, so it's going on 15 years next month. And um, you wanted the most gruesome story. This is one of the most gruesome story I have. Cases come to our office many different ways, either called by 911, the police will bring it in, school, a doctor will call it in, or it just walks into the precinct and it comes to our office. In this situation, it came from a doctor, specifically from Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. She's the uh, lead doctor in the Children Advocacy Center, Dr. Jocelyn Brown, who I love and is very devoted to this cause. She calls me on a Sunday morning, and Sunday morning is like coffee, paperwork, make phone calls day. So when I got the phone call, Eddie Tacky says, comes up to me, he says, Jocelyn Brown wants to talk to you on the phone. I look at him and I said, Jocelyn? Yes. She said it's bad. I braced myself and I'm saying, oh my gosh, what could it be? Is it a homicide? We don't handle homicides. We assist in children homicides. Right. So I pick up the phone and the first thing she says, Sandy, it's bad. It's really bad. I stop. my face goes cold, pale, I feel myself pale and stop breathing. And I go, okay, so what's going on? There's four kids here, two of them are babies. They've been molested, we need you to come in. Please come in. So I go with Eddie Tacky, who's Eddie Tacky,
0: he's another detective in your office, right? Second grade. Yes, he is. Great detective, great guy. We've had him on the show before, you know? Again, professionalism of special victims detectives. I was really, yeah,
1: very, very brilliant, very smart, funny, and um, he really held my hand because at that time I had a very young granddaughter, a toddler granddaughter, my first, and after a while it wears on you, so we arrive at the hospital, and they have the four children, 10 cops, two bosses, in an area, courting off, the boss comes up to me, He says, I don't know what's going on, but something happened. They called CPS. Somebody called CPS. CPS called us. We bought the kids in. we got the mother here. I mean, the aunt is saying that one of the girl twins is bleeding into her pamper. We're not touching it. Can you take it from here? I said, no worries. Anybody made a statement to anybody? Nope, nope. The mother's in our precinct. No one took a statement for her. I said, all right, cool. Can you have someone transfer that mom to our office? Well, I'll talk to her after I finish here. He says, not a problem. So when I saw the children, the two girls, twins, 10 weeks old, they were with female cops were holding them. And they were so calm and quiet and peaceful. And then their brother, who's five years old, running like a lunatic, all over. The office. I mean, this kid had to be like a sugar rush or ADD bad. Yeah. And then a little girl who came up to me, she was seven, and she would pull on my jacket and go like that, and she would attempt to talk to me, but she would grunt. I, I couldn't get anything out of her.
0: So, she had, so she, had I- no, she had no language skills, is what you're saying.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right.
1: No, and later we found out no social skills either. And I'll tell you why later. So, um, we put the kids in bassinets and I take them into the exam room with Dr. Brown and I undress the children, leave them only in their pamper and I undo their pamper. And Dr. Brown takes off the diaper on the little girl, on the baby and the little baby is bleeding onto the diaper from her private area. So she looks at me, she doesn't miss me. She just looks up at me. She says, I think this little girl is raped. Wow. And I looked at her and I go, just like that. Like, I don't want to say anything. Let's examine her. Maybe that's a mistake. Maybe she got cut. Maybe somebody cut her. Who knows? Okay. She looked at her. She didn't do an aggressive exam because then she would have to put her on the anesthesia. I mean, this baby is 10 weeks old. So I took pictures of her body, which consisted of a bike mark here, a bike mark here, bruises on her arm and on her little limbs and on her ribs. Her sister, Jane Doe number two, had just bruises, no abnormalities in her private area. Did, uh, Dr. Brown discovered that she? after measuring the bruise, it was determined that it was a child's Bite mark. One of the two kids bit the kid. Okay, and she tells me we're going to have to wait a couple of days to, you know, um, examine her internally, give her a gynecological examination because right now we can't do it. I have to wait till my office opens. I have to make arrangements. I have to get um, what, what do you call it um, her permission from the court because right. she is, you know, someone's child. At this right. point, she hasn't been removed. So I said, fine, CPS comes down, we talk all together about what's going on, the injuries, I I document the injuries by doing, um, by taking pictures, doing a photograph, doing, um, sketching a photo, and also marking it on on a piece of paper, you know, for court, and I go back to the precinct, to, to the office, special victims office, 3280 Broadway, the mom is waiting there for me. CPS calls me, please don't talk to her until I get there. Like that, we could just get one big interview. She speaks Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. You speak Spanish. So you can interpret. I don't have to get anybody involved. I said, no problem. No problem.
0: Yeah, so you're talking um, about uh, child welfare. Yes,
1: yeah, CPS, right? Child Protective yeah. Services. See, and us,
0: us, us cops, we talk in acronyms and we think everyone understands what that means, right? Oh, right. Exactly. The Bureau exactly. of Child Welfare. and They keep changing the acronym to that every year. It seems.
1: Yeah, right? Child Protective Services, Child Care Workers. Bureau of you know? Child
0: Welfare. they kept changing, it, but so. Yeah, Administration knows. for
1: Children Services. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so we call them CPS. We have yeah. a vet in our office, Manhattan Special Victims. I don't know how it is now. We had a A plus plus rapport with them. They were great and give us some information, calling us. There's a program instance response team, which I was part of with Irma Rivera, right. Duffy, and she brought me in. She was my partner for three to four years, and she broke me in really well. And we had a great rapport. We exchanged information. We had a lot of convictions. We had uh, moms going into programs, and it was excellent. So when the CPS worker arrived, um, she had nothing as much as I did. So we sit down with the mother and I'm thinking, yes, this is going to be easy because the mom's going to give up who did it. I don't think she did it, but I'm sure she's going to give it up. Right. So we're talking with her, you know, getting basic information. And about 15 minutes into it, you know, I tell her, listen, your daughter suffered A, B and C damage. Your second daughter, A, B, A, B damage. And your other children are fine. You know, from what I could tell, but what happened to baby number one? I don't know. Well, this and this and this. Her diaper is filled with blood. She has bruises. They both have bruises and bite marks about their body. What happened? don't say? sé. do So at that time, I just become possessed. Like, my head is going to start to spin. I'm going to want to grab her by the throat and choke the shit out of her. But I said, okay, let's step outside, me and the CPS worker. So I, we step outside. I said, who called in this report, which is the most important thing, after all? Her sister did. I said, okay, give me her phone number. Give me a number. I called the sister, her sister, which is the kid's aunt. And she tells me the following. I went to visit her. My sister is very overwhelmed with the four kids. She's very depressed. When I walked in, I noticed that the twin girls were on the floor in the living room, and that the five-year-old will walk by them and kick them. And I asked that, why do you allow that to happen? He doesn't mean it. So she told the mom, I'm going to take them for a couple of days, the twins, and then I'll bring them back to you. But in the meantime, you know, try to take it easy, you know, do something with these kids and take it easy and rest. She took the girls home, she tells me. She, she wanted to give them a bath. That's when she saw that the baby, baby number one was bleeding from her vagina profusely. So she says, and then two days later, she brings them back to the mom and asks, what happened. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know. And why, where are the bite marks? What happened with the bite marks? Oh, the boy, she said, is biting them. And the bruises are from him stepping on the babies. So the mother, the aunt asks again, what happened? Why is she, you know, bleeding from the popola? That's what they say, yeah. the the term they use in the, in, the, in, the, in Spanish, their term. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Yo no puedo decir. I can't say.
0: So two days later, two days more go by. And yeah, on- what, let me stop you for one second. How are you now when you go home at the end of the day from uh, working on a case like this? How easy or how hard is it to put that aside and now Become uh, mom and wife and you know a grandma, great grandma. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how how difficult was it to do?
1: Well, in the beginning, it was a lot of crying and banging in the locker room, and I try to talk to my husband. My husband is ultra sensitive. He's like, uh, he's a he, he's a he's a lieutenant, but he don't want to hear about that. He right. doesn't like that. My kids right. don't like that, so we talk it among our peers. But I cry. I cry going home, and then after a while, you develop that callus that you don't cry anymore. All you see is straight and you want victory. You want, you know, you want to be the voice for this child that can't speak. You want to do it the right way. You don't want to pin anything on somebody that didn't do it. You're going to have to dig deep. So I'm crying. I, I cried a lot. I cried a whole bunch. And then after a while, you put your feelings into little boxes and pray that those boxes in the box don't fall down
0: because if it does, you're screwed. You know? Do you ever, let me ask something. Do you do you ever have uh, PTSD from this stuff? Yes,
1: oh
0: yeah. yeah. I, think, well, I think we all have it. You know, we all, I, I say that to all cops that have done you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, you have to have a touch of PTSD because of the horrors that, that we've seen. And you know, it may manifest itself in many different ways, but I don't see anyone that I ever asked if they have PTSD. No one ever denied it. Everyone always says, "No, no, no I got a touch of it." You know?
1: Good. I'm glad they didn't deny it because if they did, they'd be a liar.
0: Yeah, they'd be yeah. lying. You know. Yep. As a matter
1: of fact, I went into ther- into therapy after I retired for about two, two and a half years, just to get new coping skills. It's not going to go away. Right. But You need coping. I want to live my life with with my grandchildren. My I have eleven altogether. Now it's their time. I want to be with them. You know, I don't want to be the skeptical person. What happened at school? Who's your best friend? What do you do? You know, (laughs) I can't do that. Special victims investigation
0: on your (laughs) grandkids.
1: Exactly, that's that man. My grandma is a lunatic. She's crazy anyway, but this is a little bit much. (laughs) Okay, so I find out that all in all, it's been a week since that little girl has been bleeding. After I put A, B, and C together. So I go, you know, we speak, um, me and child protective services person speak, and she determined the aunt's not getting the kids because she's been with them all this time. She should have taken them to the hospital. As a matter of fact, the very first time this happened, the mother should have taken the kids to the hospital, the kids to the hospital, all of them. And then the aunt take them, and she's so concerned about them. Take them to the hospital. What's going to happen? It's not your fault. We'll find out whose fault it is and we'll continue. But because they're covering, it seems like they're covering, I'm taking all four kids into CPS custody. I'll get back to you where they're at and then we'll take it from there.
0: Right.
1: We went back into the office. We sat down in the room. It's not an interrogation room. It's a regular office room. And I spoke to her all together I spoke to her for about 40 minutes. Now, bear in mind, I'm not Superwoman. I'm not going to go in there, you get this, you get that, you're a piece of garbage. That's bullshit, and that's in the movies.